Oh, okay. I just had to remember that we that uh, we officially changed the name of the show. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, uh, guys, welcome to I guess technically the first episode of Stalled Arrow because we changed the name. Uh, I wasn't married to one hundred seven percent, but you know it was it was a it was a good name. I appreciated it, but uh, now we're Stalled Arrow. So, yeah, mostly because the Twitter handle was available. Which is good enough for us. Yeah, that was that was good enough for us. So yeah, um, yeah so going forward, that will be uh, that'll be the name. You guys will see if you're looking at the uh, the podcast. You see we have a new logo. Uh, last one was very loosely based on the Williams FW14 uh, B paint scheme. It's kind of yellow and red and blue, and mm-hmm. uh, this one is just a martini livery that I had come up with a while ago for uh, for the race car podcast. But I ended up going with like a John Player special version mm-hmm. for that one instead which i liked but the martini was my second favorite so i repurposed it for uh, for the show which i think is cool. you'll, you'll have to send me the thumbnail or or you'll have to send me the logo and so i can put it on our thumbnail oh yeah there we go yes yeah. so and and on the uh on the uh on the youtube uh link i guess we'll actually have to start using that name on youtube so yeah yeah um, we can do that so, so anyway guys so we had a uh, we had saudi arabia this weekend Real, uh, real uneventful weekend entirely. Like nothing. I know I've made this joke before on very action-packed weekends, so I should probably yeah. come up with something new. But uh, man, just for, like right from the very beginning, just uh, an absolute. I don't really want to call it a shit show of a weekend, but man, a lot of things happened. Yeah, um, FP one, right? The 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 attack happened. Yeah. So yeah, FP one. Uh, was it uh, like right before it, or right or right after FP one, or something like that? Ten kilometers from the track, mm-hmm. and it was uh, an Aramco oil facility. So yeah. a F one and one of Aston Martin's title sponsors uh, was attacked by. It was like uh, Yemeni rebels. Yeah. Or whatever. Close, close enough that Max Verstappen thought it was his car burning. And yeah, even, exactly. Um, radioed <laughs> you know. back to his team asking if it was his engine. Um, but yeah, I saw a video online where they were showing laps on boards and um, one of Charles Leclerc's laps uh, or one of Max's laps or something. Um, you can see the sky was clear and then they jump onto Charles Leclerc's um, lap and mm-hmm. uh, you can see the smoke billowing in the distance. So it was pretty damn close, 10 kilometers. You know, that was uh, my... Uh... My wife asked me today, you know, because the race for us in uh, in uh, Rhode Island Eastern Standard Time was a one mm-hmm. o'clock uh, p.m. race, and my wife asked which me, which is late. Yeah. Yes, my wife. My wife says, "Why is it so? Why is this race so late?" I said, "Well, it's a night race." She said, "Why?" And I said, "Well, so you can't see the smoke from the missile attacks." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it, was, it just kind of worked out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess so. So there was a a big, uh, you know, the 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 big uh, to do before FP two. Where mm-hmm. you know the, the I guess the drivers didn't want to race. The team principals did. Uh, eventually, the, the teams part, yeah. yeah the teams won out. But I don't think that the drivers were particularly happy about it. Uh, thankfully, nothing uh, else came of that after the missile attack, and it was just kind yeah. of standard uh, racing and standard Jetta. Uh, shit show, you know, shit housery, I guess. Yeah, there were some unconfirmed reports about uh, state officials, I wouldn't say threatening the drivers, but pretty much saying, well, if you guys don't race, then we may or may not be able to allow you to leave the country or you may run into some con- uh, some trouble. 
trying to leave the country. And in FP2 or FP3, it was either FP3 or qualifying, um, Crofty asked Otmar Saft, Safnau. Safnauer. That's Safnauer. always a fun name yeah. to try to say. I yeah. usually just go to Otmar and I don't go any further than that. Yeah. Crofty asked Otmar about it and um, Otmar denied it. But just from the way that he answered it, you could tell he was kind of lying. He, he pretty much said, well, nothing's been said to us from the drivers about it. But uh, I mean, if you can, uh, if you have F1 TV, a subscription to F1 TV, and they haven't taken it down or censored it yet, go back and watch that a little bit. I think it was FP3 or qualifying. Um, Crofty asks Otmar about that. So, uh, But anyway, that that wasn't the important that, part of the weekend. That situation is not unprecedented, yeah. I guess, with sporting events or pseudo-sporting yeah. events. In and I repeat, unconf- unconfirmed it- reports. Yeah, it, reports. something like that happened with the WWE where they were in uh, they were in Saudi and there was like a pay dispute or something like or the or they didn't feel like uh, the correct show was put on and they just wouldn't let them leave oh, until geez. the performers came back and did another show, yeah. which was okay, up to well. the standards that they were looking for. So well, I'm not really surprised then. I guess. Yeah. So it, so it's, it wasn't outside of the realm, I guess, of of uh, of the believable. Yeah, you know? and if it's if if any country is going to pull that off, it'd probably be a country like Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they. Uh, I I mean, you gotta give it to them a little bit, and that they really don't give a shit what anybody yeah, else thinks. Yeah. And I I I appreciate that, but it would be nice if sometimes they like gave a little bit of a shit about yeah. uh, about what everybody else thinks. Might might be nice to pretend every yeah. once in a while. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, enough about world politics. Yeah, there we uh, go. Yeah, we'll yeah. yeah we'll get we'll get back to the zoomy zoomy yeah. race cars. Um, so it it was weird in FP three how I, I guess the main thing for me at that point was like you know because you watch one and two and the Mercedes were down the order, mm-hmm. and by the time you get to FP three and they're like eleventh and fourteenth, and mm-hmm. it, I guess I'm I'm shocked. I'm still shocked that we're two races into the season and Mercedes really doesn't have a great handle on what is going on with their car they're they're still having problems correlating the on-track performance with what they see in the wind tunnel Mm -hmm. which is like that's something that you hope to have the first day of barcelona testing and there's still toto said it the other day where there's still parts of the car that they don't understand why it's not working because it should work yeah and that's that's still very surprising for me from Mercedes. I, yeah, I'm, especially from a team like Mercedes. Yeah, I you would think you know on on your smaller teams. Oh, and uh, guys, we have to claim we have to claim just a small victory here. I think I had sent you this the other day. Um, mm-hmm. Nineteen ninety seven Formula One World Champion Jack Villeneuve uh, agrees with us about Aston Martin, where he basically said that they they copied a Mercedes for so long that they forgot how to build a car. Yeah, and that was uh, that was something we've been saying about Aston Martin for uh, for a little while now. So it's yeah. nice to nice to be vindicated by uh, you know noted level-headed pundit Jack Villeneuve. <laughs> yeah, he may not he may not be the most likable guy, but he speaks the truth. Yeah, yeah, okay, he speaks the truth. But uh, well, that's why people don't like him though, because he, he speaks the truth. Sometimes yeah, too you truthful. Know, whatever is uh, you know whatever Jack Villeneuve thinks is the truth at that moment, anyway. Yeah, which is um, odd because people love Gilles Villeneuve, his yeah. father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it, I guess uh, you know Jack was a. I don't know. Jack was always a fairly 
abrasive and kind of you know with the purple hair and and all that stuff he, he wasn't yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't was always for f1 yeah. which you know which i appreciate yeah. but uh but yeah so just it, it was it was still weird i guess two weeks into the season it still feels weird to see mercedes struggle like really struggle yeah uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with them getting rid of those side pods. I don't. I, I don't know if that first car that they showed in the um, the reveal was like um, a prototype of the car that they had done a whole bunch of testing for, and then this non side pod version is a quote unquote newer version, mm-hmm. and maybe they just haven't. Um, they didn't have enough time to really test this newer version. I don't know if it's that, or maybe if it's just you know, a combination of things of having an engine that seemingly doesn't work for any of the Mercedes power teams. And then just a little bit of issue with the aero side of it. And just those two things combined is making them slow. Cause they're not like, they're not super slow. Um, they're not a terrible team, but they're just not quite up where they're supposed to be, you know, fighting for, um, the top five positions. No, so I'm not really sure what the issue can be. I mean, they're still it, porpoising a lot, which is yeah, it, not good. It, it still looks like a lot of their, at least specifically for Mercedes, I can't speak to McLaren or anybody else, that a lot of Mercedes' top speed issue is still more about drag. Just yeah. that, you know, they're porpoising, so they have to raise the suspension. And because they raise mm-hmm. the suspension, they have to run bigger wings. So that's why and they're even not though- getting... Even you know, with the raising of the suspension, they're still yeah, it's still porpoising. bouncing yeah, up and down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that was, well, it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but that was borne out through qualifying at least a little bit and also into the race. So yeah. we, we get into qualifying and, uh, you know, you get to FP2, or I'm sorry, to, to, to Q2. Q2, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 Q1. Sorry. No, we, we do have to talk about Q1 because yeah. uh, when uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton did not make it out of Q1 for the first time since 2017, 2018. And only a tenth and a half faster than a Williams car and Alex Alvin. Yeah. So I, I guess according to Mercedes, because, because uh, I think in FP3, he and George were fairly close. Uh, George was quicker, but um, they were in the same ballpark. Yeah. And I guess they, they decided to take two shots at it. They went in one direction with George's setup in a different direction with Lewis's setup. And it worked well for George Russell, who mm-hmm. he did a great job in qualifying. Yeah. Uh, and as Hamilton, as yeah. And uh, Hamilton ended up P16. And Yuki Sonoda would have been ahead of him if his car would have worked. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think he, so. He would have been, he would have been P17 on pace, which is. I mean, God, how long has it been since we've seen that from Lewis Hamilton? I, I can't even remember. I don't think even back when he was with McLaren, I don't know if he <clears throat> ever qualified that far down. Maybe the first year at Mercedes. Yeah, maybe. maybe I guess. I, uh, yeah, um, I don't remember much from back then, but it it looked like you know, and and because we saw in the race uh, that the car was much better with a lot of fuel in it, with a heavier uh, heavy fuel load. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So I guess just something about what they did for uh, for the qualifying setup just really did not work for them. Um, that was unbelievable, and yet it still ended up being not the biggest story, even from qualifying. 
the Hamilton no. 16th because no. NFP, uh, NFP, okay, keep saying NFP in, uh, <laughs> in Q2, uh, Mick Schumacher just had a ridiculously bad crash. Yeah. It, um, I, I mean, it, it, he got on the curbs and it just looks like he lost control of it and, you know, did a 180, hit the wall and then, um, bounced off and hit the other side of the track. Um, cameras cut away, which is never a good thing. And For then a really long time too. Yeah. Man. It, it was, it was a pretty nervous couple of minutes. And then Gunther Steiner said, as soon as the impact happened, they lost radio contact with him as well, mm-hmm. which is also very um, yeah, concerning. Um, but luckily off camera, he managed to, or they managed to get him out of the car. And, and in an interview today, he said, um, no, no injuries to speak of. Uh, everything was precautionary taken with the hospital, obviously with an impact. I think what would they say? Like 70 G's or something like no, that? No, it, it wasn't that high. It was in the thirties. Oh, thirties. Oh yeah. Why did I yeah. hear? Oh, oh, I think he hit it going 170. I think that's yes, what I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was 170 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. It was 33 yeah. G's. Yeah. 170 um, miles an hour. It's um, yeah. To see him walk out of that um, without any injuries at all and then have him literally back at the track the next day. And if it wasn't for not having the parts, he probably would have raced if the FIA would have allowed him. Um, Yeah. I don't think he would have had, it it sounded like he was medically cleared. It was Haas was just worried that if they, because they would have had to have totally built up the spare chassis from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They were just worried that they wouldn't have enough spares for Australia. So Mm -hmm. that, so, uh, so we ended up only, uh, only seeing one Haas, uh, in the race, which yeah, you know, um, I think he would have made it through to Q three as well. Oh, well, he was quick, yeah, because because uh, Kevin did, and Mick had been, I think, quicker than Kevin generally. Uh, in uh, in at least in Q one, he was. Uh, Q one, no, no, he qualified. He was fourteen. Mick was fourteen. Oh, was he it? did oh, have yeah, he did have pace. Yeah, K Mag was ninth. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, oh, wait, so no, he, he finished ninth. I don't know where he finished in Q2. Okay. But, uh, all right, yeah, yeah, all right, fine. So I was, I was, yeah. I was incorrect about that. But, yeah. uh, but right. with, with the pace he ended up seeing that the Haas had during the race, it was certainly possible that Mick would have qualified well and maybe even scored a point. You know, who knows? Um, yeah. So then we get to Q3 and in a, a very popular result that I think made basically everybody happy. Uh, mm-hmm. Checo Perez became the holder of two records. Now he had the most Grand Prix starts before getting his first victory. And now he also has the most Grand Prix starts before getting his first pole position. And first Mexican to get pole position too. I think. Is he? Okay. I think that's what I mean. Yeah. I'd, I'd buy that. I can't think of who else. I think that's what they said. Yeah, I don't know too many other Mexican drivers that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's what I heard. So oh, okay, uh, I mean, and by the narrowest of margins, a perfect lap uh, by Sergio Perez, and then uh, you know he was followed by Charles Leclerc and not Max Verstappen in third, but Carlos Sainz and Verstappen coming uh, fourth. And what was he? He was a uh, yeah, a little more than two tenths off a of checkout. Yeah. Two and a half, yeah. Two, Two and, and a half. half, yes. A quarter, a full quarter second, uh, yeah. off of the back of his teammate. It seems like, you know, last year, um, 
the car suited Max and Checo was getting used to a new team and whatnot. This mm-hmm. car this year seems it might suit Checo, not necessarily better than Max, but certainly better than last, last year's year. Target. Yeah. I mean, what did I say? Max loves that high rake oversteery car. Mm-hmm. Checo's used to that um, low rake. He's always done well in those kind of cars. Um, you know, last year he, he did okay, but he probably didn't do as well as everybody thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. And then on this year, with the uh, with the arrow regs the way they are in the floor, you know he's shown a lot more potential in this car just after two races, and he's a lot closer to Max during the races as well. So um, good on him. I was happy for him. Yeah, he really, uh, you know, he he isn't losing it. I mean, he, you know, I mean, we'll talk about the race in a minute, but yeah, yeah, and that was you know, unfortunate. So, yeah, it, it just it does seem like it's it's a good match for him. So now he's, you know, top team car that suits him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll see a couple of uh, Checo Perez victories this season. I won't surprise. Me. Yeah. Esteban Ocon um, qualifying P5. Yep. Uh, pretty pretty and, good uh, for him. George Russell qualifying the car P6. Yeah. While again, Hamilton went out in Q1 P16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that's going to be how it is all season. And it, it still did seem to me mostly to be a question of setup. Yeah. But great effort by George Russell with a car that is still, it doesn't seem to be particularly pleasant to drive, although it's fast, I guess. Um, that was a, a really, really good lap by George. I think he's, you know, it, he's, he's going to end up having a, a good season. He ended up kind of having that curse where he was so hyped that he was, and maybe thought of like his, the next big thing so much that he almost became a little bit overrated. Yeah. And now it's only, it's going to go back around where so many people call him overrated that he's maybe slightly underrated, which, which I think is good. You know, um, Mercedes isn't super competitive this year. I think it gives George um, a season to kind of sit back and kind of just get adjusted to being at a top team. And we all know Mercedes will, eventually get a handle on things and that car will probably be up there fighting for wins later this year or, or maybe next year. So uh, I, I think it's good for George to be able to still be in a top team, but not have that pressure of, you know, battling Hamilton for the win every single race. Well, it's also nice for him that he doesn't necessarily need to be the guy, you know, he has mm-hmm. Lewis there, you know, for the most part, it's going to be Lewis winning races or you, you would, if George beats Lewis out of what, 23 races, if George wins seven against Lewis Hamilton, that'll be it. Nobody, nobody will be saying, oh, he should have done better than that. Yeah. You know, if it's like 23 to, or if it's like 20 to three in favor of Hamilton, eh, not great. Yeah. But, it, you know, he does, if he takes seven or eight from Hamilton, I think that's a pretty good season for him. Yeah, it I, still shows that on a good day, George can compete. Yeah, and it, it won't surprise me if he's better than that, if it ends up being closer to 50-50, because George is very fast. He's a very good yeah. driver. And Hamilton's probably, you know, on his way down. You know, I think his best racing days are behind him at this point in his career. Mm. I mean, not taking anything away from him, because he's still at the top level, but uh, he's probably not where he was maybe five years ago, four years ago. No, I mean, that's honestly just a question of 
you know, physiology and yeah, reflexes and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, you're you're quicker in your twenties than you are in your thirties. It's just sort of how yeah. it is. Yeah. <clears throat> um, McLaren's got into Q2 this week, yeah. um, yep. which is good. Um, barely missing out P11 and yeah, they're P12. 11 and 12, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a good improvement from last week where they started pretty much dead last for McLaren. It was might as well be dead last. So. Yeah. They, uh, they looked reasonable. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the track maybe suited their car a little bit better. I think that was what, um, what Lando Norris was saying was it mm-hmm. might've been down more to Jetta suiting the car rather than any improvement that they made. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, I think it's encouraging for them, which is good. You don't, I don't think anybody necessarily wants to see McLaren struggle. I honestly, I, mean, I don't think really anybody wants to see, see anybody struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people want to see Mercedes struggle and <laughs> yeah. a lot of people want to see Red Bull struggle. Yeah. Um, besides that, I think everybody pretty much sign up for literally any of the other teams doing well. Yeah. You know? I think in the end, people just want to see competitiveness um, throughout the grid. Yeah, a lot of F1 Twitter would disagree with that. They just want to see Hamilton win all 23 races or see Max win all 23 races. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, because that's not exactly why everybody is tired of Mercedes and, you know, wanted somebody else to win last year and want somebody else to win this year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, I don't know, who else? Uh, what, I'm trying to think the rest of the top 10. So it was, uh, it was Russell's sixth. I know Botas was eighth. Yeah, uh, uh, Gasly. Gasly's ninth, Magnuson tenth. Yeah, Magnuson. So like I mean, that. yeah, I mean, it pretty much other than um, Hamilton being out of the oh, top I guess it was 10, Alonso much... was also in the top ten, right? Oh yeah, he was yeah, P seven. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, other than Hamilton not being in the top ten, it was pretty much, you know, your typical qualifying. Yeah, it, it was. It was a uh, pretty much the guys that you would expect, I guess, were yeah. were up there. Yeah, same um, as last week. Um, yeah. But anyway, to the race. Yeah. So yes. to uh, to the race. I don't know. Do you want to uh, set up the opening lap? Yeah. Sure. Um, you, you watched know, it more uh, recently than I did. So. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much um, started off pretty well for everybody. You know, um, Verstappen overtakes signs, which I feel bad for signs because um, yeah. you know right right when the race started, Perez um, moved over to block off Leclerc, and Leclerc mm-hmm. had to um, get off the, the throttle and move over to the right, which kind of squeezed signs, and then yeah, um, he was a signs just, yeah out of position. So Verstappen overtook him, got one position back. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much uh, you know steady as she goes for everybody else. Uh, I think there were other drivers that moved up one or two positions um, and then were battling out, but you know, up until the Latifi incident, it was, you know, just follow the leader. Yeah. And, and so uh, I guess something that will be relevant, especially where it can turn, uh, concerns Latifi, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of cars did start on the hard tire, most yeah. notably for guys that we'll be talking about Kevin Magnuson and Lewis Hamilton uh, yeah. both took the hard tire. So when Latifi had his incident around, what was it lap uh, 13, 14, 15, uh, some, somewhere in the, in the ballpark where if you were on the medium, you were yeah. in your, you were in your pit window for a one, uh, for a one stopper. Mm-hmm. So in that way, the guys that started on the hard tire, Hamilton and Magnuson, when the safety car came out, they couldn't stop. They had no. to continue on because 
oh yeah, you could switch onto the hard tire, but then you're not meeting the regulations. So yeah. and the mediums aren't making it. Nope. 35 laps. For sure not. By 14, yeah. 15 laps, those tires were, you know, were yeah. cooked. Yeah, um, a handful of cars had already stopped before the uh, first safety car. So they they picked up track position and then they basically just had to hope for a safety car or a VSC or something. Um because yeah, they went late with those tires. What did, what did you think of Latifi's actual crash? I, I wanted to give him we didn't even mention he crashed in Q1. Yeah, um, yeah. And I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt for that one because I really didn't see anything that he could have done. It just seemed like snap oversteer. Yeah, it looked like he he got on the <clears throat> the um, throttle just a little too quick. And and you know, I was watching Albin's um, onboard as I was watching the race the second time. Mm-hmm. And by lap thirteen, Albin was complaining about tires, and Williams was trying to get him to go plus three on their plan. And he mm-hmm. literally came over the radio and said, "No, these tires are dead. We can't. We can't do plus three. So, and at that point, he had already pitted like a lap or two beforehand, and Latifi crashed right then. So, it, it you know, the tires were probably gone. I'm not trying to defend Latifi here, but that Williams just eats up tires um yeah it doesn't seem seemingly. easy on the man yeah and um just going plus one on albin's um original pit strategy seemed like it was uh, a pain in the ass for him to get that car through so it probably didn't help latifi that his his tires were probably dead before albin's tires were um and then they made him go even longer so yeah he had a snap of over there he probably could have controlled it a little bit better but uh Man, that car just chews through their tires. Yeah, um, it yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be particularly graceful. I seem to recall last week after like two laps, album saying the tires were just were were gone already. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and I don't think that's necessarily down to anybody's driving style. It seems that car is just mm-hmm. you know pretty pretty. I think they're also running fairly light downforce on that car, so yeah, that could certainly be a part of it as well. Um, now, as far as, uh, who that safety car benefited, the guy that most certainly did not benefit was, uh, your leader, Checo Perez. Yeah. Oh, I felt bad for him. So he, uh, I guess Ferrari successfully baited Checo into stopping basically Mm -hmm. the lap before Latifi crashed. Um, Checo pits, Ferrari stays out. They get to stop under the safety car and you come out. With your new running order of Leclerc for Stappen, and then there was that that fun little incident between yeah. uh, Checo and Signs as Signs was coming out of the pits. Uh, what'd you make of that? I mean, I guess technically Signs was over the pit line first, yep. um, so he was right. But I mean, you know these. Checo, I know that he's not going full speed at that point as they're under the safety car, but I think he was only ahead by like a half a meter or a meter. I mean, it might have been like the the, the length of his wing. That's about yeah. It. So, I mean, Checo can't really do anything about it. And obviously you can't pass under a safety car, so he can't even give that position back to signs. Mm-hmm. And, and what I like this year is that teams are left to their own disposal to, to mm-hmm. kind of police themselves. So the race director is not telling them to give the positions back. It's up to the teams. Do you want to risk getting a penalty if you mm. think you're right? Or do you just give that position up? Um, if you don't have to, then you're kind of screwing yourself over. So mm. um, I think Red Bull 
did the right thing, they probably would have been penalized. It seems like signs uh, had that spot. Um, but yeah, Red Bull gave it back to him um, once the race started back up. So I, I don't have an issue with it. I don't think Perez seemed too upset about it either. I mean, what can you really do about it? Yeah. I mean, for him, obviously he was upset about the timing of the safety car, which was just yeah, yeah. the perfect thing to just ruin his race. Yeah. Uh, Cause he was, it was two and a half seconds up at the front. He wasn't pulling away, but he was controlling the race. If, if it would have, if there wouldn't have been a safety car, which you knew there was going to be because it was Jetta. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he would have won the race going away. It just, you know, that that's just how it would have been. Um, yeah, or at the very least, he would have finished P two. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that Leclerc had anything for him when he was in the front. But I suppose when they went on to uh, when they went onto the hard tire, things could have changed. Yeah. You know? um, but he he didn't put up a, a fight with Verstappen at the end, which is the only reason why I say he he probably would have had true. a chance to. He that's probably would have had a chance, but um, I thought the uh, it was interesting they showed. Uh, Verstappen's pit release probably three, four, or five times, and <laughs> yeah. the the it was Paul DeResta of all people I think that was like the voice of reason about it, where it said, "Yeah, it looks bad from that view, but if you if you look at the onboard, it's not as bad." And right, it was if uh, if signs was what maybe five feet closer, it might have been an unsafe release, but I think mm-hmm. it was basically just like perfectly timed. I, I mean, Verstappen was moving. Um... And signs could see him moving. So, you yeah. know, it's not like he just blindly pulled out in front of him. He was, he, he did have space. And with the, um, the pit limit speed, you know, um, I don't think there was going to be an issue. These, these guys are used to stopping on a dime anyway. So I don't mm-hmm. think it would have been too much of an issue. No. Uh, and so then from that point, the race was a little bit of a procession for the next, I don't know, 20-ish laps, mm-hmm. uh, 20, 25 laps, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, until you had the, the double, uh, the double DNF, I guess, from Ricardo and Fernando Alonso at the same time. Yeah. And that was actually, sorry, hold on. I'm about to sneeze. Maybe I'm not, I don't know. I'll just power through it. It's fine. Um, that was, if a safety car came out, it would have been exactly what Lewis Hamilton and Kevin Magnuson needed. Because they were running, I think at that point, somewhere sixth and seventh or fifth and seventh or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the way that it shook out, it worked out decent for Magnuson and for Nico Hulkenberg. They They got in before the pit closed. Yeah, Yeah. they got into the pits before it closed. Uh, Hamilton did not. No. And so Hamilton ended up having to do a full lap and had to stop just as the race was going green again. Yeah. And they were saying he would have gotten out and back in front of Ocon if he had, if the pits had yeah. stayed open. So, well, if yeah. You, yeah. And if you watch his onboard, I don't know if he missed the message or if he was being extra cautious because at that point, Alonzo was stopped in the entrance to the pit lane. He was going, he was still going slow. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he, he had was, stopped yet. Yeah. At that so point. Um, they had told him probably about, I don't know, six seven eight seconds before he got to the pit entrance to to box and he didn't yeah i now i i don't know if that's a hundred percent synced up on the time yeah because then they told him to box again and hamilton said it's too late he was already past it by that point i think 
if it was, I to, think. If, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. If it is synced up correctly, they told him in enough time to get in. I don't know if he didn't hear it, but yeah. they told him with plenty of time to box. If he would have said, you know, that he thought that he would have crossed the line going in so that he didn't hit Alonzo, mm-hmm. I could see that, but I haven't I, I, I haven't heard anything to that effect afterwards. Yeah, I think the onboards are um, the messages are a little bit delayed because I can tell the um, I can see the drivers switching their their mm. their um, their buttons around about four or five seconds before the call comes over the uh, right the headset that I can hear anyway. So I think it is a little bit unsynced. So I think they gave him the signal to box, and then when he came it, around, yeah. I think when he came around, he saw Alonso going slow in the pit entry. And then wasn't sure if he was supposed to jump in or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it seemed like to me, anyway. But I can't, you know, can't know for sure. Right. But I mean, he got screwed over by it. Yeah, could sure. have finished. Could have finished P six. Mm-hmm. So you ended up with, I think it was uh, nine laps to go. Yep. After the after the safety car came in, and with, uh, yeah, because it did. It, was it a uh, was it a VSC or did it no? It eventually became a full safety car, right? Yeah, it was it closed VSC, up the field. Yeah, it was VFC for a, a lap or two, and then they brought out yep. the full safety car. Okay. So then, oh wait, did they? No, no, no. I don't think they did. I don't think it closed. I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, it was weird because Verstappen, bless you, <laughs> bless you. Uh, yeah, Verstappen was um, four seconds behind, mm-hmm. and then somehow after the VSC ended, he was only a second and a half behind. So I don't know where he gained that time from. Well, he ended but, up. Um, he he uh, yeah. So he he ended up getting right up behind him. It really yeah. closed up the gap. Uh, so we did get a nice, uh, you know, about a, a nine lap fight between Verstappen and Leclerc mm-hmm. for the win. Yeah. And it, it looked like Verstappen had the better of Leclerc there. It did. And, but it ended up coming down to a little bit of a playing a little bit of DRS chicken yeah. where, you know, Max with the DRS uh, in the first zone. And last week, Leclerc baited him into it, what, two or three times going yeah. past him so that Leclerc could pass him back. Mm-hmm. And he did the same thing early in the race and so max finally learned his lesson stayed yeah. behind him got as close as he could so passed him in the second zone and then ended up making enough distance that leclerc really wasn't able to challenge him again after that yeah and i think i think after that second after that pit stop um, red bull were telling verstappen to take it easy on the tires because we're going to have a chance at the end of the race so mm-hmm. i think at that point he had better tires and he had the faster car on the straights um and he, he was smart about when to use DRS and, you know, when to not get in front of the player, save it for that main start finish straight. And mm-hmm. it worked out for him, you know, helped him. It helped that he had that, um, the yellow flags for the last two laps. But I, I think yeah. even without the, that incident, I think Verstappen would have brought it home anyway. On, yeah. On, I think it was lap 48 was when they got it <clears throat> right as they were coming, uh, right. Yeah. Right. As they were coming into the DRS zone. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't able to use it at that point. Yeah. And that was Leclerc was like half a second or so behind him coming onto the straight. So he mm-hmm. might have gotten past him 
If he had yeah. it on that one, he wasn't nearly, I, I think he ended up being like eight or nine tenths behind next time they came around. So I think that, yeah, they would have had a battle going into turn one, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a definite of, you know, like, oh, Verstappen would have stayed ahead or Leclerc would have no, taken, sure. overtaken. Yeah. No, and Leclerc got another shot at him. You know, uh, yeah. he ended up, you know, the last lap ended up clean. He did have DRS. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's nice the way that it seems like the regulations have, basically done what they wanted mm-hmm. you know in uh in the first race we kind of thought that was the case in this one it really does seem you can get past and then you can hang around and continue to fight back yeah oh you know, um i mean i was gonna say case in point we skipped over it but the alpine oh god yeah. yeah yeah that was, and, that was phenomenal and otmar allowing them to race yeah um which was amazing we got I think it was like a good six or seven laps of mm-hmm. tight battling just between the Alpines. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, obviously goes to show that it, these regs are allowing them to stay close together in battle, um, which I enjoy. But anyway, back to your point. No, they, they, uh, they talked about that after the race, cause they had the interview, yeah. they had, uh, they were interviewing Magnuson and then mm-hmm. Norris showed up and Ocon showed up. Mm-hmm. So they had all three of them at the same time and they were asking them about it. And Ocon said it's worked perfectly. Yeah. You can, you know, before you just, you would have to hang back and you would try to be at the DRS zone. You'd maybe be right inside a second, mm-hmm. but now it really seems, yeah, you can hang around half a second off a guy. Yeah. And yeah. And now you can actually make that DRS work. But then right in the next zone, the, you know, he can hang around half a second, go right past you, and you do it again the next lap. It's uh, It's been it, – it, it, so far, it looks like it's like best-case scenario exactly as advertised. Yeah. I mean, even at the beginning of the race, even Albin in the Williams was able to stick close behind a Hamilton for a few laps before yep. his di- tires started dying off. Yep. So, um, <laughs> I mean – so far, two races down, it's been pretty good racing so far. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I so, everybody uh, enjoys it. so uh, Hamilton, Hamilton went past uh, Kevin Magnuson and then Magnuson went and passed him back. Yeah. You know, they were fighting for a while too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it ended, you know, so Verstappen ends up winning from, uh, from Leclerc signs, Checo's fourth. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate day for Checo. He, he really lost on. <laughs> was it uh, George Russell? I think ended up finishing fifth. Uh, yeah. Which that's, I mean, like I said, it's, you didn't hear a ton about him. Pretty much it, kind of a quiet day for George Russell, but that was a really good effort from him. Yeah. He's, he's the McLarens from 2020, pretty much just P5, P6, nice, yeah. quiet day, not really mm-hmm. challenging the leaders, but not really being challenged by the midfield either. So, right. Um, good day for, for George. Kept out of trouble too. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good race for him overall. And he uh, he did, I think, some pretty level headed thinking by George about the car where he's like, well, you know, all the problems that they have with their car and it's still pretty clearly the third best car, mm-hmm. um, you know, so once they get it sorted, they'll be up there with Ferrari and Red Bull. It's yeah. for him. I mean, look, it's smart for him to be the guy to come in and say, you know, why would I worry about this? Um, but I think that's for him. It's it's got to suck a little bit that like, you know, you watched Mercedes do what Mercedes does for the last <laughs> yeah. 10 years. And then you show up and it's like the first time that they're kind of struggling a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, I have no doubt that they'll fix it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just, it's just one of those things. I think we had said it on an episode last year, but like, it'd be hilarious if, if the Williams was the car to beat this year yeah. where, you know, Russell jumps to Mercedes. I know. Right. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then Williams is, is, is beating them down. That would have been kind of funny. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we're, we don't seem to be getting that. Mercedes always starts off slow during um, new regulations though. 2010, when they came in, they kind of, you know, they started off slow and then Schumacher and, and Rosberg started moving up the grid as the years went on. Um, 2014 or 15 with the V6 hybrids, they, they, you know, they weren't dominating by any right. means. They were still battling with Ferrari, but you know, once they got a handle on things, they started dominating. So I think it's the same thing. You know, they may not be, they probably won't be challenging for first or second this year, but I guarantee you come next year, they will be the car to beat. For sure. Um, after the Esteban Ocon, really good race for Ocon. He was, uh, you know, like I said, best of the rest. Yeah. You know, if you're not uh, a Red Bull, a Ferrari, or Mercedes, who's the next name on there? It was Esteban Ocon. Yeah, uh, I think the, if Alonso doesn't, I, I think Alonso was ahead of Ocon when he DNF. So he I might think have, Alonso, yeah. yeah, Alonso would have finished P6. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, Lando Norris Lando seventh, uh, which again that, another a, one. That, that's a that's a good result for McLaren. Yeah, that's and unfortunately I think it was behind Ricardo too. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. You know, so if if Ricardo didn't have the DNF, it probably it might have been double points finish for McLaren, and yeah. you know they could have used that. But I think even you know that they'll recognize that they had a little bit better pace uh, yeah. this week. And Ed Straw, I'm sure, will still give Lando Norris a nine, and he'll give Ricardo a four. Yeah. Oh my goodness, uh, I can't believe it. What was the scores last week? Oh, Norris God, got it a seven. A, it was a seven and a three and a half. He gave yeah. Norris a seven and Ricardo a three and a half. And I'm like, dog, Ricardo finished ahead of <laughs> yeah. Norris. Yeah. Like, yeah. And in, in, in the in the in the write-up for the qualifying, it's like, yeah, he had a lap that he said if it was you know, a better car, it could have been a top 10 lap. It's like, okay, but it wasn't. Yeah. Well, so like, what it could have should have, but <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know what to say. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like they were just they're right there together, and then Ricardo finished ahead of him. What do you what do you want? The man's a terrorist, Ed Straw. I, I love Ed Straw on Bring Back V10s, but I just I can't take his driver ratings seriously. I, I really can't. Uh, yeah. Um, um. Pierre Gasly had a an interesting race, and then I guess he had uh, intestinal problems at the end of the race. Did you see Is that, that what it was? Yeah, he I did not see I, that. Oh, dude, he, he at the he said like the last 15 laps was like the most uncomfortable he's ever been in a car in his life. Every wow. time he turned left, said it sound, felt like he was getting stabbed. And at the end of wow. the race, his mechanics had to like lift him out of the car. Yeah, he didn't He didn't start off well either. I think for a few no, laps, he fell he, behind he dro- Magnuson. Yeah, he, he fell behind, yeah. Uh, yeah he dropped he was, outside the points for a while. I think he was, he was helped by the safety car because he would have been uh, – he would have been behind Magnuson, and I think he would have been behind Hamilton. He would have been behind uh, Valtteri, uh, Alonso. Yeah. So, I mean, he would have been out of the points if it wasn't for the safety car yeah. and some retirements. Because he was he was even, like, behind Norris for a while. Norris was, like, P12 or P11 yeah. at the beginning of the race, and he dropped back uh, behind Norris. So, um, I'm yeah. not really sure what happened to that Alpha Tauri today. I mean, I know it didn't look amazingly fast in qualifying or mm-hmm. anything either, but he started up pretty high up there and then just started dropping and, um, you know, lucked out, finishing the points at least, um, yeah. which is good. But yeah, considering uh, yeah, that, kind of. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that Yuki Sonoda didn't even start the race. <laughs> yeah, 
two cars didn't start the race. When was the last time that happened in F1? I cannot imagine. Yeah, when's the last time we had an eight? We had an 18 car grid. Yeah. Pre Haas, I guess. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I don't know. Recent it, history. Yeah, but um, poor Yuki. <laughs> you know, it's he had, had that happen in qualifying. It's like, well, starting starting from the back in the race isn't the worst thing. And then the car just dies on the formation lap or on the yeah. on reconnaissance lap. Yeah, um, that sucks. I, I'm, I'm like, look, this is one of those races. It'd be like, if something like that happened, I'm just like, you know, I don't even care. Let's, let's just get on to it. Let's get, well, know, now let's I guess it's four for four for uh, Red Bull cars that, you know, don't make it through the race. Oh, there you go. Yeah, hit. they've all had one now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so all right. Uh, you know, let's do our, our, our update on, uh, on the Hoster plan. You know, yeah. uh, Kevin Magnuson finished ninth. ninth in a race, a track that he hadn't been to. And again, he's only mm-hmm. been a member of this team for five weeks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess he was having like neck and shoulder problems all weekend as well. And I can't imagine this is an easy track for if you're having neck problems. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure that has to do with him being away from the sport for a year, you know, and then coming back and, and literally without any prep at all, yeah. being thrown it into the fastest um, racing series or mm-hmm. one of the fastest racing series um and then um you know still doing well uh yeah. the, the safety car really screwed him over it did yeah obviously he started on hards he was up there p6 or seven i think for, for yeah well the race. yeah after uh he was p what was he he was uh it's behind the so he started ninth he passed gasly yeah and uh yeah, he he might have been seventh or eighth. Yeah. No, I I think he was he yeah he was seventh or eighth, and then um, somebody else had passed him or something. I don't remember. Yeah. And um, then he moved up a few spots um, from the safety yeah with the car. safety car. He was fifth and or then... sixth, and Hamilton went past him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but so I I was thinking about this uh, when Hamilton came out of the pits. It was nine laps to go. All right. Yep. And he came out wheel to wheel with Kevin Magnuson, who went ahead of him. And then over the next nine laps, proceeded to go ahead and drop nine seconds directly on Lewis Hamilton's head. Yeah. So I'm aware that the Mercedes is flawed. And specifically, that the setup Lewis had in the car was a problem when it had a light fuel load, which the car would have had at the Mm -hmm. end of the race. But that Haas is a fast car. I mean, yeah. he, he over he the got last past nine Albin, of the race, hmm? he got past Albin and Stroll, no problem. I think, oh, like, yeah, and within a lap or two, he got past both of them. Yeah, just um, no issues. Whereas, whereas um, Hamilton struggled a bit. It, it's just it's on on the same tires as Hamilton, and he gapped yeah. him by a second lap. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah they they what they took uh two points i think out of this weekend for the ninth place finish you know mick Mm -hmm. not running and all that stuff um but it's one of those like yeah yeah they they had the 10 points last weekend but by no means is finishing ninth this week a disappointment you know um, his final position doesn't really relay how well he drove in this race that was really a probably a sixth seventh place uh race that he had um i mean you know not that there's anything wrong with ninth but i just that doesn't tell the story of yeah. how he and that car were this weekend. Yeah. Especially since if what you're saying is true, he wasn't feeling well either. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, so I, I just I'm, I'm going to every every week when Haas scores points and Kevin Magnuson scores points, I'm just going to I'm, I'm certainly have to take some time to focus on it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just I yeah. uh, after after the last two seasons, it's just it's it's just so good to see for Haas. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure those guys are having a great time right now. So mm-hmm. um, Hamilton finishes 10th and the Twitter reaction that I've seen to Hamilton finishing 10th is like so funny on both sides where it's like, you know, the, the, you know, the max people are like, Oh, Hamilton is cooked, started 16th, finished 10th out of 13 runners, by the way. So it's not, you know, um, yeah. and then, uh, and, and the Hamilton, you know, super fans are like, Oh, he dragged this car up there and all stuff. I'm like, well, no, I mean, he, he was a bit lucky getting the position at first and then he was a bit unlucky at mm-hmm. the end of the race. If, you know, if he would have, uh, if it would have been a normal race and say the safety car didn't happen in such a way that it majorly benefited or didn't benefit anybody, he probably would have finished 10th, 11th, 12th. Yeah. I That's think about so. where he would have been. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't like some Hamilton, like he, there have been Hamilton, you know, Brazil last year, as much as it's maybe a little bit of an overrated drive because of exactly how fast that car was, it, it was still, it was a perfect drive. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, but it's not like it's not like this was some Hamilton masterclass coming from the back of the grid. Um, you know, Valtteri, Ricardo, and Alonso are three guys that DNF that all would have finished ahead of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have been thirteenth. You know, out of sixteen. Yeah, finishers. I think so. So yeah, it. I think again, it, down to setup. Just something about that car did not like whatever it was that they did to it. Yeah, I, th- I think by the time the first safety car came out, he'd only gone up three positions mm-hmm. in 15 laps. Um, obviously, it's not the same Mercedes as last year as just in a sprint race. He pretty much overtook the entire grid last yeah. year. And this year, in 15 laps, he only got in front of three cars. So obviously, the car is not there. Um, no. And I think, you know, the car not being there has got a got to play a little bit of a mental toll on him. You know, he can't be as risky anymore. He can't really, knowing he can't push the car or or not knowing how, how the tires are going to take it, it being Mm -hmm. a new car in general and being a slow car, you know, uh, it it takes a toll mentally. So he's probably not in the correct mental headspace right now. Um, And when was the last time he had to deal with, (laughs) you know, starting in P17. So, probably not a good weekend for him overall um obviously no, I mean, he's, he's he's back there being raced wheel to wheel very hard by lance stroll of all people yeah i know, you know who, who, um, who we'll talk about in a moment yeah and i don't i don't think i think he's still a great driver i think it was just a bad day i don't you know obviously f1 twitter is going to make a big deal out of every little thing that happens um, in a race, but I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think he still has it. Um, once the car is developed a little bit yeah, more, I think fine. he'll be, yeah, I think he'll be right back up where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, 11th place, Joe Guan Yu, who had a drive through <laughs> penalty for yeah. not serving a penalty. So, yes, I, I mean, the, again, the only reason that Joe Guan Yu did not have consecutive points finishes start the season <laughs> because yeah. he didn't serve a penalty yeah i think it was a slip up from his team i think it would have had to have been if you know yeah. if they would have told him hey you know 
uh, what a five second penalty or whatever, you know, whatever the hell the penalty was that he didn't yeah. serve. I don't know if Although I, I think it might've been because he tried serving the five second penalty under VSC. I don't think you can do that. I think it has to be like, Oh, it has to be an under, actual under green, yeah, like a yeah. green flag. Pit you stop. think they would have a calculation for that because they're going 40% speed. So it's like, all right, well, five second stop go that's actually like you know now you're a seven and a half second penalty or whatever yeah so i'm not really quite sure i didn't look it up after the race but i could have swore they did stop for five seconds during the pit stop Mm -hmm. um and they had an issue with the front jack as well during the pit stop which made Mm -hmm. him sit there even longer so i'm not really sure what that drive-through penalty is was officially about but Mm -hmm. i yeah again i think he would have finished much higher had it not been for that whole kerfuffle Fuffle. There we go. There's, yeah. a, there's a there's a word I didn't expect to hear on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nico Hulkenberg comes home 12th. I think that's a that was a pretty good finish for him. Um, yeah. I that will probably be the last time that we see Hulkenberg in a car this year because I assume Vettel will be there for uh, for Australia. Um, yeah. And uh, Lance Stroll finishing the race uh, 13th, one lap down. So uh, let's talk a little bit about his incident with your guy Alex Alvin. <laughs> Um, because there's, well, you, 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 you go ahead. You have the floor. Okay. At first glance, I was really angry because I thought, come on, Lance, why are you always turning in on people like this? You know, um, cause he has a history of doing it, you know, did it to Yuki Sonoda last year at Brazil and Yuki got a penalty again. And I don't know how that works out, but it, it seems like this, this, just turning in um, on people trying to overtake him seems to be a thing with him. Um, and then on second glance, and I, I, I have to say this first. <laughs> it's a bit of a lunge. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a lunge. And I came, I came to that conclusion before they handed him the penalty, the grid drop penalty. So it's not like I'm backtracking just because the FIA punished him. I texted you this. Right. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a lunge. I think, I think Lance Stroll could have given him a little bit more space. It, it was really weird because Alex is on the apex. Yeah, he's he's got a little bit of a lockup on the inside tire, but it seemed like he had it under control. And he hit the apex, which is which is the spot. He hits the spot where drivers normally hit the spot on the mm-hmm. racing line. Um, and it looked like Stroll was giving him space. And then at the last second, just decided, ah, nah, fuck it. <laughs> right. I want this. I want this position. And then just completely cuts him off. So would Alex have made the second turn? It looked like it, but he also did, didn't have that lockup. So, I mean, we'll never know because stroll just turned in on him. Um, was it, I a... still think, Good. Oh, I still think it was ambitious from Alex. Um, mm. but I think, I think had stroll just give him a little bit of space, there wouldn't have been contact there. You know, somebody would have and, gone wide. Alex yeah, probably and, would have been forced to give the position back. But well, and even was, was it uh, Jensen Button? Was it was it Button or was it DeResta? I think it was, was Button. Yeah, that that basically said, well, if Stroll doesn't turn in on him, he probably keeps the position because yeah. he would have had the better line going through the next turn. He probably holds the spot. I, right. This is probably my main issue with Lance Stroll is that he seems perfectly happy to be technically correct yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Albin's wing was, Albin was not ahead. Um, and Stroll knew that he was there. 
Mm. And instead of staying on the outside, and if Albin goes past him, he might have had to give the spot back. Yeah. Or instead of, you know, you go around the outside and you fight for it, you keep the position. Instead of doing that, he simply turned in on him and ruined both of their races. Mm. Um, I, I'm not saying that Albin was correct, although I've, I think, been fairly consistent in my belief that I think guys should be able to do a bit of a lunge. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like the idea that you have to be ahead. Your nose has to be ahead of a guy to go to his inside. I think that's bullshit. Um, mm. If you're halfway up the inside of a guy, I think you've earned the inside. I don't think that you, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's your position yet. You're still, you know, if, if it's for the lead, you know, if you're not past the guy, you're not past the guy. But mm-hmm. if you've done that in such a way that you can make the turn, like, I, I don't think if, uh, if Albin did that and then had to straight line the next turn and forced stroll to the inside, then no, you know, you can't do that. But yeah. if you do that and then you leave Stroll enough room where he now has the inside of the next turn, I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, I, I just it's it's racing. You know, if you're not it, look at the um, uh, that Nikita Mazepin pass from Schumacher on Schumacher last year. All mm-hmm. right. Um, he was not ahead of Mick Schumacher going into that turn. Schumacher gave him the room to make that move, but it was a spectacular move. You know, mm. it and it's like people don't want that. They want DRS passes. They want guys to be fully ahead as they're trying to make the apex. Well, then if you're on the outside, why wouldn't you just turn in every single time? Yeah. You know, because you're technically correct, which is mm-hmm. terrible. So it's just it bugs me that that's that's like his strategy. Is, you know, he knows he's not going to get canned because his father is Lawrence Stroll, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. So, so what's he going to do? You got Albin coming up on the inside and you could say, oh, okay, well, I know the next turn is a right. So I'll have the better line. I'll carry more speed and I'll be on the inside and I'll fight it off. And he'll look like he made a desperate lunge and I made a really great defense. Mm-hmm. Instead, he turned into him. <laughs> you know? yeah. he, just, he just turned into him. And, yeah. But again, he's technically correct. He was, it was his spot he was free to turn into Alex Albin and ruin both of their races. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> and, you know, and, and people on, it's just, it's to me, I think it's a cowardly way to race. I think that's my issue with it. Just, you know, like, yeah, he's on your inside. So don't hit him. You don't have fenders. This isn't NASCAR. You know, if it was NASCAR, yeah, dude, sm- you know, turn into him. Because you have fenders, you can do that. I guess even Formula E, I suppose you could do that. Or IndyCar, yeah. you know, where the cars are robust and they can, you know, they can take that kind of impact. I just, I hate the idea that you just, that, that's all you do is just, you gave up. You just, because you thought that he was going to pass you. So you just, you turned it to him. I thought yeah, it's I, easier. Yeah. I, I thought that's, uh, I, I just, I think it's tremendously weak. I think he's, again, he was technically correct and Albin was technically wrong. But I like what Albin did a thousand times better than I like what Lance Stroll did. Yeah, I mean, if, even if you just go back to like Hamilton, I think he was um, overtaking. Maybe it was Magnuson or one of the Alfa Romeos. Hamilton, mm-hmm. Ham, Hamilton dived in from yeah. this, the same distance. But the the defending driver, I can't remember who it was, um, knew better than just turn in. You know, yeah, it's either I can turn in 
and yeah, Lewis will get a penalty, but we're both out of the race. Right. Or I let him by, or or I did try to defend and then try to take him on the next corner, and we keep the race going. And then even last week, Verstappen made a, a dive bomb from like two car lengths back on yep. Leclerc at turn one, and everybody was like, oh, wow, what a ballsy move. And, and he locked up too, but Leclerc was smart enough to be like, well, this guy's not making the corner. I'll right. let him go, and then I'll just take him on the next straight. Yeah. It, I, I like that kind of racing better than just being like, no, I'm, I'm just going to turn in on him. Yeah. You know? it, the, I, I understand the way the rules are written and I don't like it. I guess yeah, that's, it, maybe it's me being American. I just, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I, I like lunges and got, you know, like late breaking and, you know, the, the, the old, like, you know, the, the, the kind of passes that Daniel Ricardo made when he was at Red Bull, you know, where it's just where yeah. in the world did he come from? Yeah. And yeah, because maybe you get your front tire to your, maybe you get your wing to the guy's front tire. I'm, I'm sorry. That's close enough where a guy shouldn't turn in on. Yeah. Because at that point it's like, oh, he shouldn't be there. Well, yeah, man. But that doesn't mean turn in on him because now you're just going to yeah. ruin your race just for, again, the sake of being technically correct. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, I, I think Lance Stroll has entirely uh, too much job security. I think so. If he was somewhere else, he would be a guy who's like perpetually. And it, I think I used to like Lance Stroll a lot more than I do uh, at this point because he <laughs> I've does never this been high a lot. Stroll. Yeah. Uh, even I'm, before this, I've always been, I've, I've never been high on Stroll. I, I'm still, I, I still very firmly feel that he's fast enough to be there. He, he, you know what it is? He, he just doesn't have race craft. He's, I, just, he's I, don't, got pace. I just don't like his style. Yeah. I just, like I'll take Max Verstappen, you know, like shoehorning himself in there, mm. and then getting penalized or having to give a spot back over over this. Yeah, you know, it. Like if that's what you want to do, if you want to just turn in on a guy and put you, you know, put both of you out of the race because you know that's exactly what's going to happen. Because at that point, when you turn in, even if Albin breaks, you're still at the very least you're taking out his front wing and probably your own rear tire. Yeah. It's just, it's a stupid way to race. And yeah. if his dad wasn't the owner of the team, he would have some consequences for racing stupidly. Yeah. Because you know? it's, it's, it's either he just doesn't defend or he just crashes into other, other guys. Um, yeah. It, and then, yeah. And then, and then um, sometimes he's brilliant. Races. It's weird. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. sometimes he's really, really good. But I, yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of times, like the difference between a guy that is, if you're in Formula One, in terms of Formula One, Lance Stroll's a jag, just a guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are times where he makes the kind of moves that Verstappen or Leclerc or Ricardo, you know, the, the, the guys who are really good, but he's not consistent. I think that's the the consistent ability for like a Verstappen or a Leclerc to be able to do the bananas shit that they do mm-hmm. is like the main difference between why they get paid to race and Lance Stroll pays to race. Yeah. Um, I think, Oh, I just had a thought and I lost it. I was just going to say, it's uh, oh, weird okay. that my, it's weird that like I'm more angry at Lance Stroll than you are. <laughs> well, Cause I mean, I, I, I can see, I can see that album, you know, had locked up, but he, I feel like he still had control of his car. He wasn't going out into the road. Yeah, it I, looked like Stroll was in the middle of the of the, of I the thought, track. I, I thought Albin was. It, it was a send. 
he was on the inside. If Stroll would have given him room, I think he would have made the turn. But yeah. if Albin then tried to like straight line the next turn and force Stroll off the track, then I would say, well, that was a shitty move by Albin. And Stroll was yeah. 100% correct in the way that he defended it. And Albin yeah. should have to give the spot back. I right. just, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get over just turning into a guy because that's, you're like, well, it's basically the end of the race anyway. So this is the only yeah. position I have left to lose. So let me just take this guy out. Stroll, Stroll seems like one of those guys where if the car's on that day and it's working for him, he will drive the shit out of it. But once he yeah. feels like, oh man, this car is not doing well today, he just completely gives up doesn't defend, doesn't bother trying to attack or anything like that. Um, again, I bring it back to Abu Dhabi 2020, mm-hmm. um, where he kept complaining. I think he was complaining that his uh, ERS wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And the guys in the pit were like, it's working perfectly fine, man. And he kept saying, no, it's not working. And, and his, his uh, engineer was like, it's working. But because he felt like it wasn't working for him, the car was shit that day. He just didn't even bother defending against Kvyat. Um, towards the end of the race mm-hmm. um, even though it looked like he had every chance to defend and keep his position he just let Kvyat overtake him and um, I don't know I don't know what it is but just something about him like I said even before today before that incident with Alvin I never liked him as a driver nothing against the guy he seems like perfectly nice no guy. yeah seems like a lovely guy but yeah just, it's just I, yeah I, I, don't I don't really I haven't seen him improve in six years, I feel like he's been getting worse. Like he had more yeah, success I, at the beginning of his. I career. feel like I was most impressed by him when he was a rookie, mm. when he was at Williams. Yeah, where, you know, like the the conversation about him at that point was not about him being a pay driver. It was wow, this guy's really good. Yeah, you know, for somebody who skipped um, F two, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, you know what I found out? <laughs> What's that? I don't. I don't know why. Um. Yeah, because we talked about uh, Nicholas Latifi and talked about Lance Stroll. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about it because they're the only two, they're, there are two Canadian drivers in Formula mm-hmm. One, Stroll and Latifi. Um, they're both, you know, they both have a FIA super license, right? Mm-hmm. But you know how uh, in terms of like, you know, IMSA and WEC, you always see like the, uh, the driver uh, ratings. Uh, oh bronze, yeah, yeah like silver, silver yeah. gold platinum yeah um i i'll have to find out the rest of the grid nicholas latifi is not a platinum rated driver no no lance stroll is and i huh. yeah i'm just i'm like wow how can you be in formula one and not be platinum rated that's crazy uh, i mean has he done any of that type of racing has He's done three years done of formula any? one <laughs> Yeah, how do they how do they calculate I, that rating? I though? think that's usually enough. I, but I, I I mean I guess there's got to be like junior formulas and stuff too. It's not like you have you don't have to race sports cars or anything like that. Um, I'm gonna have to research this and I'm gonna talk about it on uh, maybe on the Wednesday show, which we'll yeah talk about in a little bit when we get. We'll to give that. them. We'll give every driver's IMSA rating. Right. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to look that up and see if there is yeah. anybody else there that's not platinum rated. Yeah. Um. Maybe um, Sonoda, yeah. just because he's super young. Yeah, but but yeah, I, just, I found out that, that Latifi is I I assume he's gold rated. But, uh, I mean, because, it'd be uh, sad if he wasn't. Well, because because there's another there is another Canadian driver who's not in Formula One, but who is platinum rated. No, I mean he might be really yeah. good in GT cars or something. I guess like so. that. yeah, I, I think it's yeah. uh, 
yeah, I wish I, I wish I could remember who it is, but I don't know, for some reason that's just that, that, that interested me. And again, we're not, you know, I, I'm not trying to do Nicholas Latifi slander. I like him better than most, but yeah. he's not had a good season so far. No, no. Albin's been handed. Oh, just manhandling him. him. I mean, um, in, uh, in terms of qualifying, I think uh, he's consistently being his teammate by the most of anybody in Formula One right now over the first, you know. Uh, it, yeah, two races. You know, it, it might have in terms of time, it was either him or it was Valtteri that was that was uh, that was up by the most. I forget. Yeah, but Joe's a rookie, and Bottas yeah. is what like ten years, third, uh, eight, and ten and years is also now. noted, uh, you know, an excellent qualifier. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back back to the incident. Albin gets a yeah. three three spot drop next week, which I don't think will really affect him much yeah. at all. And anyway, two license points, right? Yeah, and two license points, but um, which is yeah, probably well, not a big deal for him because he didn't race last year no i I was reading on twitter and reddit and people were saying why why even make that move um for p12 because it's fucking racing man yeah you you race to race you don't race until lap the second to last lap and just say ah fuck it i'm not gonna no it's 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 the same thing it's the same thing as the the latifi at abu dhabi last year you know he he was trying to go around mick schumacher yeah yeah. and it's a you race yeah, it's, why else it, are you there? He's yeah. There is uh, there's another you know there's a race happening for the championship, but Alex Albin has his own race. He is entitled mm-hmm. to his race. Yeah, you know, th- which is why no, I don't like, like the the yeah. blue flag rules. But anyway, not yeah. I mean, if you're not doing anything else, but I'm like, if the leader's coming through, and these two guys are fighting for seventh position, I don't think they should have to let no. the leader through. Yeah. I think they that, should be able to fight, and the leader that's what gets I mean. through yeah. when he gets through. Yeah. You know. If it's one lone car and he's in 18th place, yeah, dude, move your ass over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, let yeah. let let uh, let the big boys through. Yeah, I, let them I through a Mazepin. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Mazepin, Jesus Christ, I wonder what he's up to. Um, Making TikTok videos about how Haas sucks. I think. I'm well, pretty that sure doesn't that seem to be true. Now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll uh, he'll get up to yeah. 45 followers on TikTok. But I'm yeah. sure. But yeah, anyway, um, I I mean, I am upset, but I can see, I can understand why the FIA did what they did. But I, yeah. I'm still with you. I think I think Stroll could have avoided that, and he just didn't bother to because he didn't want to. Yeah, and that's Which, kind of like yeah, it's kind of become the mentality is that you you no longer have any responsibility to avoid an incident like i you know i'm i'm a commercial driver i have a cdl um i can if i cause a crash by something that i did right like you know like i rear end a car Mm -hmm. i can lose my license i can also lose my license for not avoiding a crash that they think is avoidable yeah and i'm sorry i think that that crash was avoidable by Lance Stroll. That's all. Yeah. I think he could have avoided it. And honestly, I believe he chose not to. That's I mean, it. it. That is it my It looked issue. like it. Because he was yeah. nowhere near the apex and it looked like he was giving room. And at the last second, he, yeah, he, he just turned yeah. in, which is what makes the penalty to Alex frustrating because mm-hmm. I think he had a right to try and make that move. You know, was it super smart? 
no probably not probably not the best move either but i don't i don't know i think it could have been avoided and it wasn't um, i think we've now spent probably five times as much time on this as we spent <laughs> on verstappen yeah <laughs> passing leclerc with like four laps to go for the actual win but you know what? everybody That's... there's there's a million videos about that though, i was gonna so. say yeah if if you if you want to hear about like the actual things that happen there's other shows for that if you want to hear about yeah. kevin magnuson haas and alex albin in great detail that's Come why here. you listen to stalled arrow. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Matt. I don't know if he's still listening anymore, but I just saw him today. He told me to give him a shout out. I think he subscribed. So oh, MMK, I'm not going to give out your full name, just your initials, but Matt, thank you for watching. Uh, right. Anyway, back to the, thank you, Matt. To this. Yes. Right. I said, did he say that we're doing a decent job? Bad job. Oh, he just found out today. He just found out today. So oh, okay, all right. Well, that's he's going to check out tonight's show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Then, then, yeah. then he can tell you tomorrow for doing it. All right, Joe. Yeah. Um, um. Anything else that stuck out from uh, from the race for you? No. No. Um, no. I think that's yeah. That, that was a uh, that was pretty yeah. much the whole thing as far as things that uh, that we're concerned with. Um, yeah. Safety the, cars uh, in the 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 few bits of actual racing um, that happened. It was pretty boring. Like during that middle part from once yeah, the safety car it was, started it was a procession for a little bit, yeah. but you know, it was, it was good at the beginning. It spiced up at the end, which is really all yeah. you can ask for. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fight with Max and Leclerc at the end was excellent. I mean, that was yeah. really all that you could ask for, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think Checo finished too far behind signs either. Right. Uh, to do to almost three seconds. Yeah. It wasn't too far back. So, all right. So, um, I do though. I do want to talk a little bit about Carlos Science. Yes. Um, I think going into the season, you, I think that kind of the the overarching feeling was probably that Leclerc is better, and mm-hmm. but that it was very very close, and mm. I'm not sure that it's as close as people think. It, yeah, they're not super far apart. Mm. Um, and I think it's something seems... like uh, if if Verstappen and Hamilton are a ten, Leclerc is probably a nine and a half. Yeah, and, and Science is Science like is like, a... like an eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half, eight seven so. five. Yeah, um, I I I personally still like him better than Checo, mm-hmm. but Checo is also next to Max Verstappen, so we. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to skew that that grading on him a little right. bit too. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, your thoughts on signs? Yeah, I just he um, he hasn't been able to to stick with Leclerc and glimpses of it every now and again. I mean, not this season though. I mean, in in uh, in the first race, uh, Leclerc and Verstappen just kind of ran and hid. Um, yeah yeah you know uh, until the end you know it, it was a closer finish for them but that's mm-hmm. just because of the the late safety car and max being out of the race yeah and then checo uh, being uh, out of the race you forget checo was ahead of them i, I only say you know? glimpses just because in in qualifying they're not Sorry, checo super, was not ahead of them but sorry. yeah they're not super far apart in qualifying it just looks like carlos is still having a little bit of trouble with this car um mm-hmm. And I think even before the safety cars and the VSC signs wasn't super far behind either. Um, but I think he is closer to Leclerc than Checo is to Verstappen. 
as of right now. Yeah, I I mean that might say more about Verstappen, I guess. I, I just to me, yeah. I think Checo and Signs are I think probably about level. You know, yeah. and and Verstappen okay. and Leclerc are maybe very close to level. Yeah. And at the moment, I think Verstappen is better. I think at the moment, though, the Ferrari is probably the better car. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think the Ferrari being faster in well, general. Ferrari ran is... a lot more downforce this week too. So did they? And yeah. So um, oh yeah, and that's why he was so far ahead of uh, Verstappen in sector yeah, one. Yeah, and and so Red Bull ran much lower downforce, so Ferrari ran higher downforce, so the Ferrari was generally a little bit easier on its tires as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ferrari allegedly is still running their engine fairly conservatively. So, I mean, that hmm. Ferrari engine seems like it's probably a friggin' monster. So, yeah. And I would have to assume the same as that's the same for Haas and uh, Alfa Romeo as well. If, yeah. If Ferrari's still to... running their engine low, then they probably are as well. Trying um, to stretch out the durability and reliability I mean, uh, as far into the season as they can, I guess. Well, you know, it's, I, I was actually just talking to people uh, on Twitter about this earlier where, you know, you, the engines are now homologated through 2026. Yeah. You cannot make any more performance enhancements with the engines. You can make reliability changes. So, I mean, that's why if that was the swing you wanted to take, the thing to do was, all right, let's make a ton of power. And if it's kind worry of about reliability, cannon, yeah, yeah, we can figure that out. You yeah. know, let's just let's find the horsepower and we'll find the reliability later. I think that's what Alpine did. Um, They're looking good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, although, you know, Alonzo had the I guess it was a cooling issue with him. Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, I don't know the, the the like I said, the Ferrari seems to be good, but it, I don't know. It's, it's interesting the way that Max has raced Leclerc so far versus how he raced with Hamilton last season and the way more, way more aggressive with Hamilton, I think. Yeah. I think generally he, I mean, he's, he's raced with Leclerc since they were literally children. Yeah. So he, um, he probably knows a little yeah, bit more. He, he knows him. He's familiar with him. I think he has a lot of respect for him and I think he likes him and yeah, he, you know, Max, I'm sure he respects Lewis. I don't think he particularly likes him. Um, I don't have anything to base that on. I just just well, that they're very different people, you know. I mean, Mercedes and Lewis have been oh, they've been beating like a drum for years. Yeah, for 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 years and years. Yeah. Um, that could that could create a little tension there, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's because Max. If I'm trying to get into Max's head, I think Max knows he can beat Leclerc mm-hmm. when he's on a good day. Yeah. Whereas with Hamilton, even if Max is driving very, very well, it's going to be difficult to beat Lewis. Um, on yeah. Pace. And and it's and again, it was Mercedes. Yeah. You Mercedes know, it, when, was always faster. Well, and when when people talk about you know that like uh, you know Helmut Marco or Christian Horner are you know, happy that Mercedes is failing. It's like, well, yeah, they've been literally kicking their ass for an entire decade. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. Uh, like I'm, I'm sure Horner and Toto probably don't actually hate each other, but I can't blame Horner 
and Helmut Marco and everybody at Red Bull for reveling a little bit in the championship last year and in what's going on with Mercedes this year. Mm. Because again, they've been kicking their ass every Sunday for the last 10 years. Yeah. At, at some and and Mercedes, you know, and Mercedes is always gracious about it and doing the right thing. And they're not usually jerks. So you don't even have anything you can get good and mad at them about. So yeah, just you, you want to just like you know, just kick them while they're down a little bit. You yeah. know, that's a, a pretty natural sports thing. Yeah, um, but I mean, we're seeing a little bit more cleaner racing this year from Verstappen and whoever yeah. it is. Yeah, he's battling, which is Leclerc. Um, so, I mean, that's that's always good too. It'll, so, it'll be interesting to see how he races with Lewis once Mercedes does get their uh, their car under control. Yeah, I, uh, I wonder if if any of the the changes in the paddock have anything to do with that. You know, maybe Verstappen realizes he's on a little bit of a shorter lease now. More, more people are watching. I, and yeah. I, they it, get more honestly, strict. Some of it too is probably that Max Verstappen is a world champion now. You know, yeah, he, that's true. He, he has said himself, he really doesn't care about winning. Like, it, it's not like his goal is to win the most world championships of anybody. Yeah, I, I think it's just with him, it really is individually like, yeah, I want to win the championship this season. And he yeah. doesn't really have any designs on anything longer than that. Yeah. And so I think it's just he at least some of it is he he accomplished that. Yeah. And, you know, like, a, you know, like a Dan Marino that never got the monkey off his back of winning a Super Bowl, you know, when Steve Young finally did. And, you know, then you you play easier after that. Yeah. I think I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's going to race a little bit easier now that he's a world champion. Yeah, which which could also explain how he kind of looks at Lewis and and Charles too. So yeah, you know, Charles I mean, Lewis was that guy in his way of achieving right. that dream, you mm-hmm. know. And now Leclerc's just the next guy I have to beat to win it again. So maybe yep. it's you know he doesn't hate him quite as much. No, no, clearly not. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty much uh that's pretty much the race at least as yeah. we saw it um yeah. do some winners and losers yeah who uh who, who are your your uh, your top three winners from uh, from this race winners um i gotta go with max verstappen mm-hmm. really really good race uh number two probably george russell yeah i think that's fair um and number three Ooh. Number three is tough. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just go with K Mag again, just because. That's a good one. Yeah, not gonna anger anybody <laughs> around here choosing Kevin Mag. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go Max, obviously, because that was a great move on Leclerc at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go Haas. Race. I'm gonna go Haas in general, um, because the pace of the car was excellent on yep. the hard tire to start the race. He had no issue. Yeah, overtaking uh, guys medium on the tire cars yeah. on a full on a full load and all that stuff. Yeah. Um and and not for nothing, but Mick Schumacher not being injured in that accident. Yes. Uh, yes. you know, Haas built a horse of a car, you know, to uh, yeah. to to take care of their drivers. So that's pretty that's cool. That's a second major injury or second major crash in a Haas where the driver walked away alive yeah. you know yeah even the the, the grosjean accident you yeah. know where if, the, if it hadn't burst into flames i think he would have walked away without yeah, any, the, any injuries well i mean because yeah even with that he still jumped out of the car yeah um and then um 
Lando Norris. Uh, it was a, okay. it was a good uh, okay. a good job by Norris today. Um, yeah, and and McLaren he was right in general got a, got he was right behind. Yeah, he yeah. was right behind Ricardo from for that entire race pretty much. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who do you uh, who you got for losers? Ooh, numero uno, Checo. Yeah. Not that he not that he performed poorly, mm-hmm. um, but put in. He claims the lap of his life um, yeah, I mean, in qualifying to get on pole. First Mexican on pole. I looked that up while we were talking. So um, that's that's definitely true. <laughs> Good to know. Um, yeah. And, and and looked poised to, to to win that race today had it not been for uh, an unlucky safety car. Yeah. Um, second loser would probably be Alonso. Mm. He was in a really good position. He visibly quicker than Alcon this week. Um, after Alcon was faster than him last week, uh, mm. it looked like Alonso was much, much quicker. Um, and I guess Alpine overall, because they let their drivers fight for a good 12 laps before they told Alcon to hold positions. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. And then third winner is... Oh, we're doing losers. I mean, third losers. Yeah. Um, okay, I should have thrown Alpine into the winner's bracket. Yeah, um, what are you going to do? Third, third loser... Um, probably Hamilton. Yeah. Just, just a terrible qualifying his race wasn't all that great and if it wasn't for uh, a series of fortunate events he wouldn't have made it back into the points right um yeah checo for sure um i'm gonna go valtry uh okay he yeah. was running wanna... really well and then just they just sort of randomly retired the yeah. car I guess you could um, say Alfa Romeo all weekend with Joe yeah. and his penalties too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Valtteri, by the way, uh, uh, continued his uh, Q3 streak at I think 103 races in a row. Good uh, golly, more impressive yeah. since he so, he's in the Alfa Romeo. And it is funny. Yeah, people thought that that would go away, and Valtteri yeah. said, "No, not so fast." Yeah. Uh, I don't see why he won't continue to drive that car in a Q3 almost every week because that Alfa seems to be a very fast car. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to do hamilton well look i want to say lance stroll i really really do i'm still mad about that honorable um, mention i guess yeah I, I i gotta go hamilton just because he the the qualifying was bad which i don't really think was his fault i think it was a setup fault um but with the vsc the timing on that he should have been higher had some bad mm-hmm. luck mm-hmm. but then he came out with the opportunity to past Kevin Magnuson and Magnuson dropped nine seconds on his head. So yeah, yeah I, I'll, uh, it, there's only so many opportunities that you have to put Lewis Hamilton in the losers in, category as so you yeah, kind of have yeah. to yeah. when, uh, when, when you have the opportunity because it doesn't yeah. usually come up. Um, Again, yeah. we don't want people to think we're calling them losers because they performed terribly. We're just saying they're losers. Nah, it because could be bad luck. Out. It could be a bad yeah. performance. Right. It could just be because I don't like you, Lance Stroll. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even though I'm not quite as upset with you, I am still pissed at Stroll. So, don't, well, don't. yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. it's gonna happen when you got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's a. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. We've been. It's a, it's 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 about our show length, about a, about an hour and a half, I think, somewhere in that ballpark. Forty-five, yeah, yeah, somewhere around so, there. So, um, all right. What are you uh, what are you working on? Oh, the video. I, I yeah, I, I sent it to that. you. Yes, did you I watch it? it? Yeah. Did you like it? Yes. Um, you think you can work with it? 
Yeah, I, I do think okay. I'm gonna do the uh, the uh, the Howard Cosell thing. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do that. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm gonna uh, I'll I'll write something up, and uh, then I will. Uh, I don't. Let we'll, me know. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. figure out how to how to make it work. Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the um, final master edit. Send it over to you. You can record okay. over it, and then I'll do the uh, edit okay. again. So that's cool. Um, I've been doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh, if I'm on the computer, I've been playing a little bit of RimWorld. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's like a never heard of it. It's like a I don't even know what genre you would call it, but it's like you you have like three people that have like crash landed on an island, and you have to like build a settlement, and there's other people around. And oh, so it's point, like a survivor. Yeah, sort of. And I guess the point of it is to try to get off the island or to try to get off the planet but you can just like make like a big settlement and you can do stuff like harvest people's organs and it's yeah it's a uh, little uh yeah it's a weird genre <laughs> yeah it's it's a little bit you can do basically anything which is kind of cool um okay. sandbox survival yeah a little bit so yeah. so i've been messing around with that oh and i've also been uh working on stuff in the sunroom uh one of these days i will do a show from in my sunroom once it's finished all right, um, all right. I cased in some windows. I put it a sill. I found out, guys. By the way, if uh, you know, home home improvement tips, if you have bricks, and for some reason somebody uh, used construction adhesive to glue wooden wainscoting to them, and so you you have bricks that are covered with construction adhesive, the internet will tell you that the way to get that to, the way to get that off is to heat it up with a hair dryer and scrape it, and then clean it with mineral spirits which is stupid. The thing to do is to get an angle grinder and a 36 grit flap disc and it just right through it, just brute force and ignorance the entire way. It's beautiful. So that is a very precise and obscure piece of yeah. um, hardware. I, advice. <laughs> I'm hoping eventually it'll come in handy for somebody. So, but yeah. uh, one, one of you 15 people watching this, I hope that helps you out. That's so yeah, yeah. So, if anybody, uh, if anybody needs any other tips about things, if you need to get something loose, the answer is either a pipe wrench or a torch. Yeah, and if you need to get something tight, okay. the answer is also either a pipe wrench or a torch. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's no wrong way to use those tools. Um, right. also, we have, um, looks like we're going to be adding a second version of this show which might be live and it will be on the Kirk Minahan YouTube network. So if you guys are unfamiliar, the Kirk Minahan show is a show on Barstool Sports mm-hmm. and they have a YouTube network where listeners of the show, which I am, uh, can put their own content online. And so I've been talking to the producer of that show, shout out Dave Cullinane. Um, and he said he likes the idea. So we think what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a shorter, more structured show, which will be difficult for us because this show is very ADHD, which I always appreciate. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're going to actually put some thought into it, which I said, well, that'll yeah. be great. We'll put some thought we're, into it. So it'll really we're going to try with this new one. Yeah. So when when uh, when Kirk says that the show's terrible and that neither of us have any talent, it'll it'll really it'll it'll be extra painful which is yeah nice. it'll hurt <laughs> yeah it'll hurt a lot so um but that uh we might be doing on wednesday live on the network but i'll have to talk to dave 
And uh, if not, we might just record a show and then upload it to their network. Yeah. And nothing against our YouTube network with how many uh, how many subscribers do we have? 34? 34. Okay, well, they have about 10,000. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure Quite there's a few not thousand a, more. Yeah, probably not a ton of Formula One fans there, but we're going to try to create some. Yeah. So Especially since right. he's in the Boston market, right? Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, he does a show at a at a Watertown, something like that. Yeah, Massachusetts. Um, some people have called into the show to ask if he's interested in Formula One, and he's very promptly said no. But okay. I'm like, well, that tells me that there are minifans. That's uh, Kirk Minahan's fans are called minifans, uh, who are into Formula One. So I'm like, well, maybe uh, maybe we'll uh, if we pick up three more listeners, it'll be worth it. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. Yeah. So um, so I think that'll about do it for yeah. i'll have to see how many episodes we've done at some point i think we've probably done about 30 total um Has but the first episode of stalled arrow which is cool. yes officially yeah so uh we will um well next week is an off week so we'll do it s- is something um, yeah we'll, do, we'll work on something maybe, maybe we'll, we'll finish up that off. I don't know. we'll yeah. we'll work on that um other project too we yeah there we go we'll, we'll have things to do and uh yeah. If we end up doing the other show, then uh, let's say we're gonna, it's gonna be geared a little bit towards newer fans. So I don't know if it's necessarily going to appeal to you guys that are listening to this, but yeah. uh, you know, we're gonna try to take a little bit of a different look at it for that show. Yeah. Like I said, it's also gonna be shorter. It'll be um, more general information. Won't be super in depth, and it'll probably just cover like top stories and stuff like that. Yeah, I was thinking about covering some DTS stuff, but I don't mm. want to. So, so I won't. Yeah, Whatever. maybe we'll just we could we can just clear up the mistakes that DTS made. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that was we'll idea. probably end up being longer than the DTS series itself. But right. Um, but Works yeah, for me. All right. But, uh, but anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe wherever you can do that. Yeah. Uh, let us know if we got any. Well, let us know all the things that we got wrong and uh try to be nice about it but if you're going to be an asshole um at least be funny about it yeah there yes if you're going to be a prick be funny about it we appreciate that um yeah guys so uh that's pretty much it yeah we'll see you guys after uh melbourne all right latest all right